Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing Word from God. God bless you. Tonight we will have some fun and hopefully we'll do some reflection and some correction because God does want us to have a wonderful life. His Word says in Isaiah 58, 11, The Lord will always lead you. He will satisfy your needs in dry lands. He gives strength to your bones. You will be like a garden that has much water, like a spring that never runs dry. And I thought, that's such a beautiful verse that I had never seen before until I was looking at verses about a wonderful life. And I felt like God was just like, I'm just trying to tell you, like, I got you. Like, I got you in all the seasons, in the dry lands, in the garden, like, I got you. So this is a Wonderful Life series, and throughout this series, we've gotten so much wisdom on how to live a wonderful life, and tonight, I want to go back to the basics. For those of you that were at staff meeting today, Pastor Jurgen had the best title of his message. He said, um, we're going to, oh, I don't know if I remember it exactly. It was like, we're going to make the basics sexy again, something like that, Okay. So all these great titles, none of them are mine tonight. I couldn't think of any of these other good titles. But the whole reason why I want to go back to the basics is because in my short time in ministry, what I have learned is if we don't get some of these basic things in order in our life, then we can't go to the next level. You know, it's like God is trying to say, like, I'm trying to take you to the next level in your life, in your ministry, in your parenting, in your business, and all of these things. I just need you to get some of these fundamental things in order. So I know that I might say some things and you might be like, oh, I know that already. But I want to challenge you a little bit tonight because the Holy Spirit challenged me even when I was writing it. You might know it, but are you doing it? Are we really, really doing it in all areas? So um, instead. Instead of having three points, I'm going to ask you some questions tonight. Is that okay? So um, I want you to write them down. Write them down in your phone. Write them down in your notebook. Because even when I ask them, you're going to come up with an answer, and you're going to write that down. It's going to be from you. It's going to be from the Holy Spirit. But I would really encourage you this week even to go back and look at the questions and really figure out, okay, this was my answer, but what do I want my answer to really be? Like, because in order to grow, we have to figure out where we are so we know where we want to go, right? Okay. So if we're supposed to have this full, wonderful life, what do we fill our life with? What does that really look like? Is your life full of rest? Is it full of relaxation? Is it full of celebrations? Is it full of date nights and family time and friend time and fun time? Is it full of stress? Is it full of worry? Is it full of obligations? It's probably full of all of those things, hopefully not all at the same time, but that's normal, right? And, but even with all of the obligations and all of the demands in our life, 
We are called to live a wonderful life. As a matter of fact, I would even put it that it's a responsibility as a Christian to live a wonderful life, right? We are representatives of Christ everywhere we go. We are called to be the light of the world, right? I mean, the Bible says we are set apart. That means we should look different. People should look at our life and be like, I don't know what's going on over there at the Harris household or the Thevathazen household. I, I don't know why they seem to have favor everywhere they go, but I want what what's on their life. I want what's going on there. So Matthew 5:16 says, "Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven." They're going to be pointed to God by what your life looks like. Everything we do and everything we have should reflect how good God is. So question number 1, you ready to write it down? We've already touched on it a little, but what is your life full of? Now, I know we're mostly adults in here, so I'm sure the first thing you think of is, well, work, like I work. And, you know, whether it's a job, a business that you're building, or, or both. But I'm, I'm not talking about work. Yes, we are adults, we need to work. Side note, if you're not working, you need to start getting a job. You need, and it's okay if you don't love what you do, okay? You need to be working. Find something that you, until you find something that you love. Because I, I would tell you, sometimes when you put your hand to things and you serve somebody else's vision, God uses it as an incubator to start growing you until you can get to what you absolutely love, okay? So don't subscribe to this, like, I can't adult thing, because that is called laziness. And Proverbs says that lazy hands bring poverty. Ew. No. We don't want any of that poverty. Okay, so when I ask you what your life is full of, and the first thing you think of is work, I get it. But what else? Because you know how work is. No matter if you put it down for a minute and go do something else, when you come back, it'll all be there waiting for you. So even if work is your passion, if you don't fill your life with anything else, you will eventually get burnt out. And we need to have some self-leadership in this area, right? In order to prevent burnout and exhaustion in my own life, I look at some things. Now, these are very practical, but think about your life as I, as I talk about them, okay? Number one, am I spending time with God? Am I in his word? Am I in the drop zone that Pastor John talks about so, so eloquently? Because here's the thing. If you skip your time with God, I have learned it doesn't make my to-do list get done any faster. And number two, how is your eating? Is it healthy? Because you're supposed to be eating for energy. I mean, I have to look at my life and say, okay, I'm having too many late dinners with wine. I am not drinking enough water. Am I exercising? Am I taking care of myself? Because even though if I don't feel like doing that, it gives me energy. Am I getting enough sleep? I'm always working on this one. So I know these are obvious, but it's funny because sometimes we continue to do the wrong things and then we expect to get different results. And I don't want that for you. All right, so what's another question? Are you ready to write this one down? What are you feeding? Because when we're tired, it's tempted to just sit down, scroll on our phones, binge a show. They make it really easy. They're like, are you still watching? Oh, you're still watching? Okay, I'm going to start the new one. You know, it just like goes for you. And before you know it, you've watched three episodes of something I just turned on to see if I even liked it. <laughs> and I get it. Like, I, I get tired too. I'm a busy mom, wife, pastor. I'm a cheer mom. I'm a division coordinator at school. I'm a mentor. I'm a friend. I'm helping Charles launch a business. I'm all of these things. So I have a to-do list that never ends. And I get it. So at the end of the day, when most of my to-do list is crossed off, and I will go to like midnight most days, I'm like, okay, everyone's asleep. 
And I just want to lay in my bed and get my iPad and watch something, okay? And Charles is, says he's a light sleeper, but he's not. He's snoring next to me, so he doesn't even hear me. And I get on my iPad, and I, the problem is what in the pre previously I was choosing to watch was like really bad reality TV, okay? Like, like... Real Housewives or something. Because if I watched that during the day, my husband would be like, absolutely not, turn that trash off. So I would lay in bed and I would watch that. And I, I would like totally judge how completely dysfunctional they all were. But then I was like, but I'm the one laying here watching this. And um, it was like one or two cherishes ago, Pastor Leanne said something that challenged me. Uh, don't you love how often we are challenged here at Awaken Church in the very best way? And she said, is what you're feeding on going to have the fruit that you want in your life? And so I want to ask you that in the same way. Is what you're doing to relax or what you're doing in your downtime going to help you live a life worthy of the calling that God has on your life? See, we are a discipleship church. So that means if you're plugged in here, chances are someone's discipling you, and then just naturally you're turning around and you're discipling and you're raising somebody else. But I have come to realize that self-personal discipleship is my responsibility. So we need to make sure that our life is full of the right things. Amen? Are we doing all right? Okay. Next question. Do we live in the moment? We need to say yes to the memories and not the things. It's the moments we remember. It's like, this is why people love vacation so much, because all the to-do list, of course, is gone, but it's also in those moments where we actually focus on each other. Like, we had the opportunity to go with some great friends to Lake Powell this past year, and I had never been. I had no idea what to expect, and so we get there, and we're unpacking, and I'm like, okay, so, like, what's the agenda? Like, so what are we doing today? Well, like, what are we doing tomorrow? Like, what does the week look like, okay? Because that's how I operate here at home. And we were there with good friends, and good friends tend to tell you the truth. And they were just like, whoa, T-Fabulous, you need to slow your roll. Like, you are stressing everybody out. Because we are here to not have an agenda, to do whatever we want, when we want, not on a schedule. That is why we came here. And I was really challenged. I was shocked. I was like, wow, okay, you are more like a Martha than a Mary right now. You need to figure out what is going on. So I had to, like, deliberately make myself slow down. And it forced me to stop looking ahead because I was like looking ahead to make sure we were going to get all the fun things in that I wanted to do that week. But I had to start looking at what was right in front of me. And when I did that, I started having really great conversations with people that were right in front of me. And I had really amazing moments with my kids. And once I figured this out, which, you know, didn't take me very long in that kind of environment. It was like day three, and I was sleeping in, because that's my favorite thing to do. And uh, Charles is always up before me, and so I woke up, and I went around the boat kind of looking for him, and he was on the top of the boat reading his Bible. And I was like, ooh, good idea. So I went and got my Bible, and I came up, and I was reading with him, and then slowly but surely, the girls are trickling out of bed, because they like to sleep in as much as I do. And they came up and joined us, and they were like, oh. So they went and got their Bibles, and then they came up and joined us. And it like became a thing. It was like every morning, even if we slept in till forever, we would sit up there and read Proverbs every morning together. 
we're on the top of this gorgeous boat overlooking the most incredible scenery. And later when we were home talking about our trip as a family, we were talking about all the fun things that we liked. And I was shocked when my girls said that that was one of the funnest things that they remembered from that trip, was sitting up there doing that. That and probably um, being on the back of Pastor Sterling's jet ski, because that's <laughs> always exciting. But I was really surprised that I, I have teenagers, and for them to have uh, jet skied and jumped off cliffs and paddleboard and done everything that you can think of that there is to do off the lake, they actually remembered that intentional time. And I just realized, you know what, I won't always be sitting on a beautiful yacht in the middle of God's greatest lakes, but these kind of moments are the kind of moments that I need to create here at home. So I would encourage you all to do that. Matthew 6, 34 says, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will take care of itself. And I remember like reading that and being like, well, it kind of sounds a little bit irresponsible. I mean, shouldn't we plan for tomorrow a little bit? And then like pal happened to me. And I realized if I was worried or focused on tomorrow, I can't enjoy today. That's what God is trying to tell us in that. If I am so focused and worried about what's coming up and making sure I get it all in, that I'm going to miss the blessings that are right in front of me. So I'm constantly telling myself to put my phone down and be in the moment. My girls know it's a thing, like we're out like this at church or out to dinner or whatever, and then everyone gets in the car and like gets on their phones. And I like cannot handle that. Like it's a rule now. We just, everybody get off your phone. We're not getting in the car and doing that first thing. See, phones are tools, but just like anything else, they're used for good or for evil, okay? And I know that many times I have let my phone distract me from what isn't right in front of me, right? I mean, we see it all the time. You're like, someone's out to dinner with friends, but right there in that moment, they decide they have to put this on their story about the people that they're sitting right there at the table with, right? Like, wait, just wait until you get home or get in the car, not with your family, and put it on there then. But, um... I don't want to make this about phones. I mean, God knows I cannot live without my phone, okay? I do everything on it. Um, it. There has been times when we've been like halfway to church and I have forgotten my phone and I've been like, you have to turn around and go get my phone. And we've done it, but we're not late ever because then Charles is like, that is an excuse for me to drive like a complete maniac to church. And I can't complain because he's like, you're welcome. Thank God for these driving skills. I'm getting us to church on time because you left your phone. But uh, it's not about phones, it's about right in front of us. Like people, there's people we don't know right in front of us all the time and all of them need to be invited to Twisted in our Christmas Eve services. At this time of year especially, you know, it was like I told, I have a new driver in the house, so I was telling her, you need to be more careful. Everybody is out right now, people that are not normally out right now, be more patient, it does take longer to do things, it's just the way it is. And so, I should have taken my own advice because I was rushing around this one day and I realized like, it was like the Holy Spirit was like, are you taking like five seconds to talk to the clerk that's in front of you? Because chances are they've had to deal with like grumpy people all day long and they just cannot wait for their break. So if we just take five seconds to ask somebody about their day when they hand us a coffee and encourage them, not only do you bless them for a moment, but you're always blessed. Kindness opens doors. I was out with a friend the other day and she goes, you are so funny. Like you always get like discounts and free things and the best table. And I was like, I kind of do, but you know why? It's just because I'm being kind. It's what my mom has showed me my whole life. So I'm out the other day 
forgetting to be kind. Okay, I'm going to tell you this story. So I'm out the other day, and I'm in this really long line. And lots of times when I'm in line, I, like, pray that I get the right person um, because I... I'm kind of a driver, like a personality. And when someone's like doing something and I, they're incapable of doing it, I'm like, you know what? Just move out of the way. I'm just going to do it for you. Okay. (laughs) And um, I had this big complicated return because part of it was online and part of it wasn't. And then I was purchasing other things and I get up there and I'm like explaining the whole thing to her really nice. And, you know, here, this is what's going on, so it probably would be best to do this first, and then this, and then this. And she was like, uh-huh, 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 and she wasn't listening to me at all. So she proceeded to tell me that she'd been there for a really long time, and she did it her way. And it took a really long time, and we got all the way through it, and then there was a mistake, and it wasn't ring up the right way, and we had to start all over again. And yes, I was frustrated, which was partly probably my fault because I was probably p- trying to put too many things into the into like the short time that I had. I probably hadn't eaten enough. But in that moment, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm just going to make a choice in this moment to be nice. And I was like, you know what? It's no problem. Mistakes happen. Let me help you. L- like, let's just do this together. So we unwrapped everything, did it all again. I mean, it was, we, I was probably there for like, I'm not exaggerating, like an hour. And so when we were done, I was like, wow, that was a lot. Like, we just spent an hour together. I feel like I need to give you a hug or a high five or something. And she just got the biggest smile on her face. And she did give me a high five. And then she, like, told her manager, hey, can you, like, get somebody over at my register? And she walked me all the way out to my car and helped me put everything in it. And we just chatted all the way there. And then when I got in my car, guess what's sitting on my passenger seat? The night of Christmas cards. So I was able to give her a night of Christmas cards, and and then I followed up with her and got her to the night of Christmas. It was such a moment. So kindness always, always comes back to you. You know, the world calls it karma, but we know it's really a biblical principle of sowing and reaping. And... um, I'm preaching to myself, because let's be real, some people should probably not be in customer service, especially at this time of year. But no matter what, I'm reminding myself and reminding you, let's just take a moment. Let's make a choice, be patient with people, and be kind, and, and make the best with what's right in front of us. Amen? Amen. All right, so what else is your life full of? Is it just the same boring thing day after day, or is it full of joy? And celebrations. Do you make sure that after all the hard work, you put joy and celebrations in there? Do you have goals? So when you've accomplished them, you've accomplished them, then you can say like, all right, it's time to celebrate. Ecclesiastics 3.13 says, every man should eat, drink, and see, and enjoy the good of all of his labor. It is a gift from God. So celebration is God's design. Charles and I just recently went through a refinance. We wanted to cash out do a cash out in our house. And it was a battle that we were not expecting. We started the process a little while ago when everybody else was refinancing, right? Because the rates were really, really good. I mean, if you owned a home, you were getting how many mailers in the mail, right? And somehow they're getting your phone number too. And they're all calling you and trying to get you to refinance. And we, were, we also like had personal friends that were refinancing. And everybody was like, oh yeah, super easy process. Give them all your info. In a few short weeks, you're, you'll be good to go. So we started the process, and like months went by, 
and then another month went by. And then they lost half of our paperwork. So we had to redo it all over again. And that put us back 60 days. And then they decided we needed like an easement document because like our, our driveway, we share it with our neighbors. And our mortgage guy was like, I have been doing this for 20 years and I have never heard of this document. So we just like Googled it and we made it work. And um, then... What else happened? We had our credit attacked out of the blue by a company we had never even used. Like we had looked into using them. I see you AT&T. But we had never actually used them. And then they put in something with the credit bureau instead of coming to us. And so that put us back for another 30 days. So I had to really, really, really watch my words during the season. It was just like what Pastor Becky was talking about up here for the offering message. I mean, it was super easy. And to be honest, it felt really valid for me to complain in this moment. But I have said this before. Complaining is the language of victims. Complaining is attached to a spirit of unbelief. And when you have a spirit of unbelief in front of you, you're never going to see beyond the obstacles. So what are we speaking Pastor Becky, again, said this so beautifully in her offering message. What are you speaking when you're going through things like that? Because when, when we don't see what it is we've been praying for, how do we respond? What are we speaking over our circumstances? Pastor Jurgen says it all the time. Every word is a seed, right? Proverbs 18, 21, the power of life and death are in the tongue. Ephesians 4, 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. God is pretty clear on this. Imagine how much our life, our world would change if we did nothing but those two verses in the Bible. So the other thing I finally realized is all of this complaining was not bringing me joy. So I had to stop looking at my circumstances and I had to start looking at my God. I had to start praising in the hard, even when I didn't feel like it. Because here's the thing, I started realizing I'm not controlled by my feelings. Sometimes I need to tell myself how I need to be feeling in that moment. So I had to start declaring, you know what? I can do all things through, through Christ who strengthens me. I am the head and not the tail. I have committed these plans to the Lord, so therefore I will be successful. We serve the God of the universe. With him, nothing is impossible, it says. And so when you start praising, hope starts rising. Praise precedes breakthrough. And when breakthrough comes, you're going to be able to celebrate. So after months and months, it finally came in. We finally got refinanced and a big fat check hit our account. And I had been really good with all of my words and my thoughts because like, it was just like a battle and I'm good in the battle. I'm like, oh yes, we can do this. You know, we've got this. God's got this. But the minute it was over, it was like all the wind went out of my sails. You know, it was like I was... I was expecting to like feel differently when it was over, like feel triumphant or something. And I, I didn't. We were kind of just like, okay, so we did it. Like it was so weird. We were weary, I think, in the battle. And there wasn't joy in it like I was expecting. We were like literally looking at each other like, I think we should be more excited about this. <laughs> and I was talking to Pastor Becky about it and telling her like, oh my gosh, everything finally came through. And she was like, congratulations, how are you gonna celebrate? And I had no response. I am the queen of parties, you guys. And I had like no response. We were like just totally in a funk, I think as we were weary, we had been in a fight. We'd been like listening to 
to the words that were like, oh, life is always going to be hard. And we were discouraged. And I was thinking today, we were probably like the fish that Pastor Jurgen talked about to, or talked about last Sunday, right? With the eyes on the side of his head, like comparing myself to others. Why was this so easy for them? Why was this so easy for them? But it took months and months for us to get this through. And you know what? Comparison is the thief of joy. So don't compare. So thank God I had let people into my life who knew what was going on so they could pray with me, they could believe with me, they could correct me when my thinking was stinking. And Pastor Becky was absolutely right. We had stayed steady. We had kept pushing. We had been believing. We had been doing all the right things, faith and works, right? And this was worth celebrating. So that's why the Bible says don't grow weary in doing good because in hard seasons, they're just that. They're only seasons, That means they'll be over. And what I've learned in my hardest seasons is there's times and seasons where you're like, you know what, God, I'm I'm tired. Like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Or can you just make this easy? And and instead, I've learned to say, okay, God, if you're not going to make this easy, because you know what? I wasn't born for easy. We can do this then I need you to come in here and join me in this. I need to invite you into this situation so you can give me wisdom, so you can help me walk through it. You can show me what I need to walk this out. And I am so thankful that I have learned to do that because in our season, this just past season of all the refinancing and everything, if I had, if God had answered my prayers and processed it, like in a month, like what we were expecting, like the way we normally would have wanted, we wouldn't have seen a pattern. We, we had to stop and say, and we had really incredible people in our life that were like, yeah, this is not normal, what you guys are going through. Something's going on here. And because it took time, we were able to identify there's a stronghold here. There's something going on. There's a generational curse over this situation, and we were able to identify that because it took time, because God didn't answer my prayers the way he wanted it to, and we got to fast, and we got to pray, and we got to freaking break that generational curse off my family so my kids and future generations will never have to deal with that again. So that was our celebration out of that season. So take the time, learn the lessons, enjoy the wins, and take the time to celebrate. All right, are we ready for our next question? Who are the people in your life? This is why we talk about connect groups all the time. If you're not in one, I would encourage you to find one. You need people in your life for the hard times, the fun times, and everything in between. It never fails. The people that I see thriving in life, they're turning into leaders, they're getting promotion in the marketplace and in the kingdom. They are people that have planted themselves in the house of God. That is just a Christian term for like they're plugged in. They have come in here, they have found their people. They have made this and coming in here a priority for them. I mean, it's a principle and it works. God always says, if you will build my house, I will build yours. So I want to encourage you to evaluate your friendships. Make sure that you have people in your life. And I don't just mean like people that you have history with. It's really easy to hang out with people that we have history with, right? But then then think about it. All you do is talk about the good old days and all the games you won or whatever it, you know, the bachelorette party or whatever it was. But I would encourage you, you need people in your life that are going the same direction as you now. You can love everybody, but bring those people even closer. People that you have a future with, they're going to challenge you. They're going to celebrate with you. It's like I tell my kids, you're going to become the people you surround yourself with, so make wise choices. So last, I want to ask you, how do you rest? 
What brings you joy? What refreshes you? Listen, if you're plugged in here at Awaken or you're, you're going to a connect group or you're serving on a team, you will find it not hard to have a full calendar, right? But don't just make it full. Make it full of the right things. So what are the right things for you? You've heard, show me your finances, show me your calendar, and I will show you your future. You know why? Because that shows your priorities. We put our time and our money, our two most precious assets, towards the things we value. So if those things are not lining up in your life, that's okay. Just make some adjustments or big adjustments. We make adjustments in those areas all the time. So what really refreshes your soul? What is it that you do that after you do it, you're like, oh, I feel so refreshed. I'm not even tired. I'm full of energy. I could like do this forever. For my husband, it's building and creating things, right? Like if he could just escape into his workshop for hours, he would love to do that. I'm sorry you don't have more time for that, but we will try to make some more time for that. I'm always like, hello, it's really noisy out here. What are you doing? And for me, it's like people, it's friends, it's people that I love, it's good conversation, it's connection in like beautiful places. I mean, yes, I need downtime, but being around amazing people, I've really learned energizes me and refreshes me. (laughs) I was laughing because I was realizing that like some of our dumbest arguments in my marriage are because Charles and I are like at a party together and he's like ready to leave. And he's like, okay, so can we go? And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, okay, sure, we can go. And so what that means for him is like, he's gonna walk out to the car and leave. But what that means for me is like, I'm gonna start like a goodbye tour, you know? (laughs) And depending on how many people are there, like this could take a while, you know? And then we get in the car and he's like all mad. And I'm like, what is your problem? And so like, this is like, like really a thing. We were going somewhere for something and he actually suggested we take two cars so he could leave when he wanted to leave. Yeah, don't amen that Sterling. We need to pray for us, pray for him. I'm just kidding. Actually, babe, I, I need to give you a shout out because I, I know that, you know, I'm the extrovert in the relationship. You were not born that way, but you've really become one because you've really, really, really learned to love people. And um, it used to be that he was always like, church was over, he'd be in the car, text, I'm in the truck waiting for you. But it's not like that anymore. Most of the time I'm like, where is he at? Like, I thought he was coming. And if it's around a merge time, we'll forget it. Like, we should take two cars around a merge. That'll work out really well. But figure out what it is for you. I mean, time with God needs to be number one that absolutely needs to refresh your soul, put your priorities back in line. But what else is it? Because you need to make sure you're filled up so you can overfill to others. So how do you have a wonderful life? You fill up your life with the right things. You feed the right things. You live in the moment. You celebrate. You find what brings you joy and what brings you rest. We serve an all-powerful God. He created the universe. He created every living thing in it. And each one of us are created after his image. So your life as a Christian, like we talked about, it's attractive to others because you have joy, not just happiness, but real, true joy. You have rich relationships, you have favor, you have blessings wherever you go. You celebrate the wins, you know how to rest. So as I've asked you these questions, I hope you've written them all down. I hope that you'll take the time to go through them and really think, okay, 
am I really, I know some of these things, but am I really putting these things into practice? Let's make our pastoral care team so bored because we've got this stuff all dialed in. But if you're like me and you've gone over this list and you're like, yeah, I could work on some more of those things. Why don't you stand up? Because I just want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I was preaching to myself for most of this time. So I just want you to let the Holy Spirit just be with you in this moment. Put your hands out like you want to receive. Let him just minister to you. Let him show you the areas that you know that you need to work on, the areas that you've fallen short. He's called each and every one of you to live a beautiful, wonderful, full, blessed life. Will it be without our challenges sometimes? No. But when those challenges are there, he'll meet you in those challenges. You'll invite him into those moments. He'll give you wisdom. He'll walk you through. He'll show you how to do things. He'll bring beautiful people into your world. So I just thank you, Heavenly Father. I thank you for this time that we've had together, Lord. I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you, God, that you have shown us in our moments areas where we can improve on. I thank you, Lord, that you are bringing people into our world that speak life into us. I thank you, God, that you are refreshing our soul. You are changing our attitude in those moments, God, that we invite you in. I thank you, Lord, that you are expanding our territory in all areas. I thank you, God, that favor and blessings flow towards us, God, because of our kindness, because of our smiles, because of the joy that we bring to everyone. Amen. I also, um, I just want to encourage you, if you are looking for all of those things, they all come with a gift. It's Christmas, and our biggest, greatest gift is God's one and only Son that He gave us. So if you have not invited Jesus into your heart, if you have not invited God into every bit of your world, I want to really encourage you. I want you to have a wonderful life. I want you to have all of these things. So I don't want you to leave today without inviting him in. Is there anybody that's here tonight that wants to make sure you invite God into every area of your life? Every area. He wants to bring joy. He wants to bring peace. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. He wants to bring you all of the things he talked about. So all over the building, we're gonna just repeat after me in this moment. Everyone's gonna repeat, everyone's gonna say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment. I repent of my sins. I invite you in. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. I invite you into every piece. I thank you, God, that you are my Father. I thank you, God, that heaven is my home. I thank you, God, that everything is different from this day forward. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.